This is the nosebleed section. Welcome to another nosebleed section sports podcast today. We're going to be talking about some MLS soccer. That was the Toronto FC anthem that you heard there on that sweep. As we're going to be talking to Luke Wildman here in a little bit, but this Toronto FC team, Mitch, a lot of exciting things going on for them. A lot of excitement going on up there in Ontario. It's a bloody big deal is what the tagline has been up there the past few weeks. Several disappointing seasons in the past for Toronto FC, but big acquisitions this year in the offseason, namely Michael Bradley, the U.S. midfielder, and Jermaine Defoe, the British striker, striker formerly with Tottenham. Several other big guys, including Dwayne De Rosario, also known as Dero. He's a midfielder, and he's an all-time leading scorer on the Canada national team. So just those three, among several others, uh, a whole new face of this franchise in Canada. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Well, this team has not been to the playoffs in seven years, and they finished second to last in the Eastern Conference tables mm-hmm. last season. But I think that this is their year. With these guys coming in, with Nick Hagland coming in in the in the 10th pick of the MLS Super Draft yesterday, Thursday, uh, I think it's their year. And I know a guy that believes the same thing that I do is Luke Wildman, and Luke Wildman calls games for Toronto FC on TSN. Luke, how's your Friday afternoon going? Good so far, thank you. Good, Good to be with you. Good. Thanks for joining us. Uh, so obviously, a whole new excitement with this Toronto FC team, a bunch of new acquisitions in the offseason. Let's start with Michael Bradley, the midfielder. A lot of Americans know this name because he's on the United States national team coming over from Roma. What does he add to the mix in the midfield for Toronto FC? Well, I think Toronto FC, one of the things that they have been lacking in recent years while they've been struggling so badly is, is leadership. And, and that's one of the main things that Michael Bradley will be able to bring to this team in that he's, he's been described by many as the heart and soul of the U.S. national team. And if he can be the heart and soul of Toronto FC moving forward, that's certainly a massive upgrade to what they've had in the past. Uh, but also, I think with Michael Bradley coming in, he obviously is a first choice for the U.S. men's national team. He comes back in and he's best midfielder in the last. So whenever you can add the best in your position to your, you know, in that position to your team, um, it's going to be a massive upgrade. And certainly Toronto FC have uh, upgraded their squad in a number of ways during the offseason. I don't think anyone quite expected that they would be able to get Michael Bradley um, and secure the services of uh, a U.S. national team player returning home and, and actually bring him north of the border to Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they've been able to spend big to, to ensure that they were able to give him that he couldn't quite refuse. Um, and it's got a big piece of, of uh, GM and, and Toronto FC. So arguably the best league in the world, Serie A, Michael Bradley coming over to the MLS, and he's a key piece to that United States men's national team as they're traveling down to Brazil for the World Cup here this summer. How will his play be affected in not being exposed to international competition as far as playing for the club uh, this season? I think one of the main things from Michael Bradley's perspective leading up to the World Cup was to make sure he was getting regular playing time. And he is going to be one of the first names in the starting eleven every single week for Toronto FC. And that just wasn't going to be the case at Roma. He was seeing action mainly off the bench, not starting as many matches as he'd have liked. And uh, another signing just coming in during the transfer window at Roma means that his, uh, his minutes would have gone down even further. So I think from Michael Bradley's perspective and from Jurgen Klinsmann's perspective, he needs his top players to be playing on a regular basis. And the standard might not be as good in MLS as, as it is in Serie A, but I think Michael Bradley 
isn't going to suffer at all in the next two or three months leading up to the World Cup. It's not as if the World Cup is two or three years away. Um, he's been playing in a very high standard uh, up until this current transfer window, and now he'll come and he'll get a bit of a break for a few weeks while preseason takes place as well, which might help him to recharge his batteries and make sure that he's fresh when it comes to the World Cup, having only played two or three months in Major League Soccer leading up to that. So I don't see it as a negative that many people have uh, seen it to be, and, and especially with some of the other U.S. World Cup players that are coming from Major League Soccer now, um, I don't think that uh, will be a, a, a factor in um, making their level of performance go down at all. Luke Wildman of TSN, play-by-play uh, -play play for Toronto FC up there at BMO Field in Toronto, joining us here on the Nosebleed section. Luke, uh, we're talking about Michael Bradley. He's a midfielder, several midfielders coming into TFC this season. When you look at the team from last year, you had Reggie Lamb and Jonathan Osorio that made 59 combined appearances over the 34-game season or 34-match season. With the additions of Bradley, Jackson, and Darrow, how will those two be able to compete and coexist with the new additions at midfield? Well, I think Jonathan Azorio, out of the two, stands the chance of being in the starting lineup on a more regular basis. Uh, one of the players that is going to suffer the most is Matthias Laba, who is uh, one of Toronto FC's current designated players. And right now they have four DPs and they're only allowed three. So they'll probably have to move Laba on before the season starts. Um, but all those players you mentioned coming in are going to start. Bradley, D. Rowe, uh, Jackson as well. Um, and that would leave one other space in the center of midfield alongside Michael Bradley. And Jonathan Osorio is a young Canadian who did very well last year in his rookie year in Major League Soccer. And I think it's probably him that will get the opportunity to play. Um, and other players who, uh, like you mentioned, were involved last year in a side that was pretty poor for much of the season. Um, those, those types of players are going to have to settle for a depth role. And um, that could be still very valuable in terms of MLS, but also when you look at the Canadian Championship and the CONCACAF Champions League as well, if Toronto FC can get there, um, you need a big squad within Major League Soccer if you're to compete. So um, they'll have to look beyond those players that are in the starting eleven. And also, if they're going to lose Michael Bradley for a few weeks during the summer as well, when he goes to Brazil for the World Cup, um, they will need players to step in as well. So it, it certainly uh, doesn't mean that there, there won't be opportunities there for some of the players that uh, made a, had, had a key role last year. Luke, another guy that's come over is Gilberto, the 24-year-old Brazilian striker. He's the sixth leading scorer on Brazil's top flight this season. All sorts of promise for this young fellow. What does he add to the front line of this Toronto FC team? Well, Toronto FC in the past has struggled for a pure goal scorer. And now it seems they might have got two, as Jermaine Defoe and Gilberto. And while everybody's focusing on Defoe, I actually spoke to Ryan Nelson, the TFC head coach, last week, and he told me he thinks Gilberto has the qualities to even score more goals and make a bigger impact than Jermaine Defoe. Hmm. Um, it also helps that defenders will now have much more than just one person to be looking after uh, when you look at the quality of the attacking talent that Toronto FC has added. Uh, but in Gilberto, they get someone who still has the best years ahead of him. Um, he's a player, I think, who by all accounts will be able to link up pretty well with, with Jermaine Defoe. He's clinical. He scores all kinds of different goals. Um, scored some cracking goals from long distance as well as uh, right foot, left foot in the air. Uh, so he's very versatile. And I think Gilberto is just hoping that he can settle down a little bit because although he's had some uh, decent seasons in Brazil, he's been on loan at a couple of places as well and teams that have struggled um, so I think he's really one of the unknowns coming into this season in terms of uh, the rest of the, the Major League Soccer clubs. They'll know all about 
Dwayne De Rosario. They'll know all about what to expect from Jermaine Defoe, uh, but they won't have seen as much as Gilberto. Um, but Toronto FC very high on, on Gilberto and think that he can make a, an immediate impact in Major League Soccer. Great, and you already mentioned that as the two guys that should be up front in Gilberto and Defoe. Uh, with all these guys coming in, these new acquisitions coming into the squad, obviously there's a lot of enthusiasm in Toronto for this soccer club uh, going into 2014 after a less than impressive past several years in MLS. But if there's one concern, would it be with all these new acquisitions? Uh, would it be a thing of sort of a chemistry issue perhaps that you could see going down the road? Will it take a little bit for these guys to mesh together? That could be a potential pitfall, and Toronto FC will have a complete new core of players when it comes to the start of the season. And I would expect maybe only one or two players that started the first game last year to be in the starting 11 when it comes to the first game this year. And that's something that's been constant at Toronto FC, a revolving door through the first seven years. I do think that the good thing for them this time around is that they have been able to make a lot of these moves very early which means that they will have, apart from Defoe, who's gone back to Spurs till, till the end of uh, February, they will have all of the players that they brought in available from day one in preseason. And that will help with the chemistry issue. And, and that's something that's been a major problem for them in years past. And even last year in Vancouver, the day before the opening game, they were still signing three or four players to try and make up their squad. Um, they've never in the last few years been as prepared as they are now for the start of a new season. And I'm pretty sure that will help. But uh, you mentioned the excitement level. And I was there Monday at the launch, uh, the introduction of Jermaine Defoe and Michael Bradley. And I haven't seen that level of excitement and enthusiasm from Toronto FC fans for at least three or four years. They, they really are a fan base that, that has had the life sucked out of them by terrible performances on the pitch, failure to make the playoffs through seven years in Major League Soccer. And it's just great to see that now... Uh, they haven't won anything yet, but what they do have is some hope, and that's something that's not been around uh, for a long time at BMO Field. Luke Wildman of Toronto FC, the play-by-play -play voice for Toronto FC for TSN, joining us here on the Nosebleed section. Luke, manager Ryan Nelson was quoted as saying, are we a finished product? Of course not. We've got many things to do. If you can pinpoint one thing that they need to improve upon with all these new acquisitions moving forward to next season, what would that one thing be? Well, they always need to be more solid defensively. And last season, they did tighten up a little bit, as you would expect when you have Ryan Nelson, who is a former central defender, having had the Leeds' worst defense for two years in a row. Last year, they managed to improve that. Um, and that's something that they will still need to work on. If they've got Stephen Caldwell at the back alongside Daniel Henry, who is still a, a very young player learning his way, um, I still think they might need to strengthen at the back. They're maybe still looking for a new right back uh, coming into the season. And they did bring Justin Morrow in to play at left back from San Jose. So they've addressed that there. But one of the big concerns last year was just the mental mentality. The fact that they would be leading or uh, drawing going into the closing stages of the game. And so many times they just let that slip and would uh, throw away what would have been three points by conceding goals in stoppage time. The final 15 minutes they conceded more goals than any other teams in the league. So I think that's something that they really have to improve on. And I think... An addition like Michael Bradley is something that can really help them because, as I mentioned before, that, that leadership that he brings um, will really help to, to bring the locker room together and, and make sure that uh, they're not going to be that walkover that they were at times last season. And I think that's probably the biggest hurdle, the, the mental hurdle to, to get over after seven years of having a club that has struggled so much um, 
to be confident in their abilities and realize now that they have the pieces needed to, to really make a challenge at the top of the East. Well, Luke, exciting times in Toronto with all these new acquisitions coming in. We thank you for joining us. Looking forward to see what this team does in the 2014 campaign. No problem, guys. Good to be with you.